Smarties, as we are winding down this semester, we wanted to go back to the basics a little bit in today's episode. Today, we are talking about the principles of a portal audit. This might be something that you really want to institute in the new year. And as you'll hear us talking about in the episode, it can take some time to sort of create your system for doing it. But let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. In this critically important episode, we go through why every learner needs to learn how to do a proper portal audit. We go through just some of the reasons that portals are problematic Definitely scroll back and listen to episode 123 for more on online portal pitfalls. And we deep dive into the principles of a portal audit and what each learner needs to do on a consistent and persistent basis as far as their portals and why. If you listen to this episode and you realize that this could be something that would be extremely beneficial to your learner, but not in your skill set, go ahead and sign up for our phone call with CAP Educational Therapy Group at www.capedtherapy.com, K-A-P-P, or myedtherapist.com. Either one of our practices can work with your learners to help them create their systems, help them create their way of maintaining their systems, and establishing their online portal audit. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 182 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about the dreaded portals once again. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And it's something that really surprised parents during the pandemic. And it was something that we as educational therapists were very aware of prior to the pandemic. Portals are problematic. But before we start talking about that, we're going to give you a little bit of an overview about why every student needs to do a portal audit and some of the reasons that portals are problematic. We talked about that in episode 123. Let's give some example of some portals that we commonly see. PowerSchool, Schoology, Aries. Those are the main ones. I suspect this is very regionally based too, but a portal is anything where your student can go and see their schedule, see their classes, see their grades, see their assignments, and interact with them on a virtual platform. Yeah, it's the digital gradebook, so to speak. So in episode 123, we talked about online portal pitfalls, and that's a really good baseline episode. If you haven't heard that one, we've linked it in the show notes. I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to that episode first, because a lot of the principles of a portal audit that we're going to be talking about today are based off like why it's problematic. Mm -hmm. But Steph, let's just give a brief rundown for our smarties about why portals are problematic. So they're really problematic because they aren't reliable. They're wrong. They're not up to date. You know, the teachers aren't using them all in the same way. So it just depends on every class, every teacher, every school. You might have kids in two different schools and they're using them differently. And the thing that happens is a student might forget to turn in an assignment. They've done it but then they forget to turn it in and it says missing or they turn it in late and it still says missing because the teacher hasn't recorded the grade. 
it becomes a traffic jam of yeah all of the things that coulda, shoulda, woulda needed to happen. I very often hear kids say, oh, well, I turned that in and my teacher just hasn't updated it. Now, I hear that every session. Every day, every session, and only believe it with certain students. Oh, yeah, for sure. And probably the majority of the students, I'm like, cool, let's write an email. Exactly. It's an opportunity for self-advocacy because yeah. they are unreliable narrators of their day often. Even though they think that they've done it, it's problematic. It also creates problems between the learner and the parent, right? Because if you have a parent who's maybe checking the portal a little bit too much, it's a little too much oversight and the parent doesn't know all the nuances of everything. Mm -hmm. It can be helpful to us, to a parent as an ed therapist, to the teacher, to make sure that everybody sort of has the same information. But I think there's probably a lot of excess communication as a result of the portal. Yeah. Because a lot of teachers stylistically will wait for things to pile up. And then you don't have a really good sense of what your grade is. And parents will freak out when they see that, right? Yeah. I've had some kids we were looking at last semester and it said they had a grade, but the last thing that was imported was over two months before. And it's not as if they hadn't been doing things for two months. And then all of a sudden the teacher puts everything in and then everything is changed. So it's really unreliable is basically what we're saying. And it's not in real time. So remember that. And there's a level of learned helplessness, which we are going to talk about and how to avoid that while using the portal for good. Yeah. For the good that it's intended. Yeah. So let's get into sort of our principles of a portal audit. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, the portal should be considered a backup. Yep. It should not be considered their main calendaring system. You guys know how we feel about calendars and specifically Google calendars. If you haven't heard our thoughts on calendaring, we will link all those episodes in the show notes as well. But it should be the backup. It should not be the main source of information. So ideally, the calendar is updated on an ongoing basis, the way that you and I update our calendars. Like nothing happens unless the calendar reflects that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And updating it in real time. Correct. So, I mean, I can't tell you how often Steph and I are sitting here before we're about to record and we're looking at the calendar and what is it that we need to do today because we've already pre-planned it. And by way, I mean, Steph has pre-planned it. (laughs) (laughs) But the portal is a backup. It is not the main system for organizing their time. I hear this all the time, but it's all right there. And the thing that we know, and now most of you parents know, especially since the pandemic, is that not everything is all in one place. So assuming that it's all there isn't going to be successful. This brings us to our second principle of a portal audit, which is you have to confirm information in multiple places. Yeah. A lot of portals have like the grade book. Mm-hmm. That is one place to confirm. And that tends to be the only place students look and parents look. Mm-hmm. Usually in a portal, there's an assignment section too. Or not. Well, let's hope that there is. This is for making sure that things get turned in. And in some portals, they have like a little check mark when things have been turned in and pro tip. Even if it looks like it's been submitted, you should probably take a look at it, especially if you're the ed therapist on the case, because 
They turn it in blank. They will often turn in blank assignments. So let's be smarter than that. Exactly. (laughs) It's not our first rodeo. Yeah. That's about turning assignments in. When you're just looking to confirm assignments that ideally have already been updated in your calendar and incorporated on the day that they're due, not the day that they're assigned on your calendar, there can be multiple places to check within each page and each portal. So sometimes there's like a main page and then there's like a class specific page. Guys, you have to check both. A lot of the kids that I work with have Google Classroom stuff, and there's multiple pages. There's stuff that doesn't have a specific due date. There's stuff that does. There's stuff that is passed under another tab. There's done, not done. Each one has its own specific page. And that isn't even including teachers who have their own web page, and that's where they put stuff. I've had it where teachers only put a test on one thing and not the other, and assignments on one and not the other. And the kids are supposed to go check all the things and they forget half the things. So, and another little pro tip, have them save it as a tab. 100%. Not an open tab. So what kids tend to do is just leave 65 tabs open in their Google Chrome, which drives me crazy because then they are clicking through all 65 of those things to look for that one thing that we happen to be working on right now. So when you put it as a favorite in the bookmark toolbar, then you don't have to leave all the tabs open. And I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm sure you have. When a tab gets deleted because they get frustrated and then they freak out, Mm -hmm. it becomes such a source of anxiety to keep track of all of that. And they don't need to. We love a good bookmark bar, and I even put it under a folder that just says portal audit. Mm. And like, and then we can just go step by step by step through that. Mm -hmm. Because yes, when you have 15,000 tabs open, one of the things that you taught me, that's what your brain looks like. Oh my gosh. How many times the computer's not working? I can't get to this. It's, you know, the wheel of death and things are happening. And it's because too much is open and trying to reload itself constantly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moving on. So the third principle is that each teacher will often have grades and assignments in two different places like we were just talking about. We got a little ahead of ourselves. Grades are for what the teacher has uploaded for individual assignments. Assignments show what has been turned in, but not necessarily graded yet. You must check both for different reasons. So let's kind of break down those reasons. Let's start with grades. Sometimes the grades don't make sense to the learner. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they got a zero on it because the teacher didn't receive it or the grade was low. And this is the perfect opportunity to work on self-advocacy and emailing the teacher for clarification or a meeting. Mm -hmm. I always tell students, if you've sent an email, mark it as a reminder in your calendar so that it doesn't get lost Mm -hmm. because I'm going to ask you about it two, three days from now, like what happened? Mm -hmm. And that's not something that we need to hold on to in our brains. Our calendar can remind us. Yep. And this is also one of the ways learners can and should self-reflect on the assignments from the feedback that they're getting from their teachers. So like this is the modern day of handing back the assignment. Mm -hmm. Lots of times now there's no physical handing back of an assignment where the teacher's written notes in the margins and this is how you improve for next time. 
this is how they need to learn to incorporate feedback for future assignments. Yeah. Kids are often doing the set it and forget it scenario. And it's very hard for a lot of them to go back and look. So this might be something that they need to work with their ed therapist or they need to sit down and work with you or whomever. It's very hard for them. They just want to move on. Yep. It slows them down. And a lot of kids don't want to do it. And since it's happening virtually now and not happening formally in person, when the teacher was handing back the assignment, like when you and I were in school, it took five minutes. So you kind of were just sitting there yeah, kind of forced into looking, right? Like what else are you going to be doing? Yeah. It's different now. It is different now. And the thing is, is with them being digital, you can actually turn something in without ever looking at it again, right? Which we couldn't do in our day. Correct. Right? So they just have to attach it. So some of them are going to think that they actually finished it, but didn't. All the time. So that's really important to look at the assignments. And this is teaching them it's not just you finish it and then you're done. You have to go back. You have to make sure, you know, we talk about how when they finish an assignment, especially in our presence, they turn it in right then and there because it's not actually in until it's turned in, not just that they've completed. It's in the teacher's hands. But there's so many nuances and so many things that can get lost in this multi-step process that it's important to slow them down, teach them the system, here's the steps, because it gets confusing for all the different classes and all the different assignments. I have a lot of empathy for this because we were both high-achieving students, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And having multiple ways to turn something in, because sometimes teachers want it, like you just don't know, it's not clear cut. And one of the things that we talk about with sort of executive functioning systems is pick away and stick with away. Yeah. Don't have multiple opportunities for things to happen. And unfortunately, because we're not in control of the universe, Mm -hmm. there are multiple ways for things to happen with online portals and in-person learning and virtual learning. So it does create more... It's chaos. Chaos, yeah. And, you know, I was an anxious student with, like, one way of doing something. Right. And now you have five different ways. It would be something that I was constantly checking. Yeah. So having the portal audit be a daily check... Yes. Just like they need to brush their teeth is going to be extremely helpful for a lot of reasons, but also calm some anxiety. Yep. Let's talk about the assignments piece. Mm -hmm. The assignments area, wherever that's submitted on the website, on the online portal, it must be checked, if we haven't clarified this enough, especially for the learners who think they've completed it. When a learner has told you they've turned it in, you must check. Mm -hmm. Assignments are not done, as we said, until they are in the teacher's hands. It is so often that students have completed the assignment in Google Docs, for example, and the Google Doc is shared with their teacher. And then they're like, but my teacher has it. Your teacher's not going searching for your document. Turn it in the way they've asked you to turn it in, which is usually through the portal. Yeah. It does not count if your teacher has access to their Google Doc. You are not the center of their universe. Yeah, exactly. And I want to stress this as well, that learners tend to think, oh, I finished that yesterday. I'm just going to turn it in right now. And it actually wasn't finished. Of course it wasn't finished. Because if it was actually finished yesterday, they would have turned it in yesterday. Or sometimes it's, I just forgot to turn it in. We always look at it. Yes. And sometimes it is done. 
and they just forgot to turn it in. They forgot that step. Yes. It just depends on the kid, depends on the class, depends on the day. Yes. <laughs> what we're saying is there's a lot of possibilities and lots of opportunities for things to go wrong. Yeah. And by the way, how long would you say doing a portal audit takes? Well, when you get good at it, your systems are up to date and you're kind of just doing it consistently. Less than five minutes. hundred percent. Once it's consistent and persistent, Uh once the student's been in a therapy for a minute, all their systems are set up and now you're in the maintenance phase of them, less than five minutes. Yeah. If you haven't done it in a while or ever, it will take longer initially. So you should factor that in. Oh, for sure. But it's critical. And setting up which ones do we look at, what order. Setting up the method for this can take a couple of sessions. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because it ends up being you need to create your SOPs, mm-hmm. right? Your <laughs> your operations, right? So one step at a time, right? We don't expect them to know how to do it and be able to replicate it immediately. So just remember that. Give some grace and some patience as you guys establish this protocol. Yeah. Because it will be worth it once you have. For sure. It's essential yeah, for the kids that we work with. Yeah. So work on those audits when the fall comes. And I love that we call it an audit too. That's what it is. It is an audit for sure. It isn't the IRS, but it is Rachel and Steph. <laughs> right. It is, but it's their IRS. So right, that's right. their responsibilities. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right. Smarties, have a great week. Have a great week. <laughs> 